Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a conversation with I am your humble host, Floyd Marshall. And today I'm joined by my brother in arms, Vorabang Nachampasik. Now, I heard something very interesting listening to another interview with you about your last name, but we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. But Vorvan, welcome to a conversation with how you doing, my brother? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I'm great, boy. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor, a blessing, and a pleasure. Welcome to a conversation with where we sit down with some amazing people in the film, media, and entrepreneurial space. We're going to talk about what makes them successful and hopefully we'll give you something to help you maximize your business, but more importantly, to maximize your life. So sit back and enjoy a conversation with, and I'm your host, Floyd Marshall Jr. So... Let's get this thing started because I know you're a busy man and I don't want to monopolize too much of your time because, ladies and gentlemen, this is Brothers of Newlywed. So, uh, you know, we got to let him get back to the important business of being a husband. So so <laughs> tell us how you got started in this business because you you have some things going on. But but I'd like for you to tell everyone uh, exactly how you got started in this, in this oh, man. business. Like, uh, how did I get started? Well, like everybody, not saying everybody, but uh, to me. Uh, a career in film was honestly far-fetched. I didn't even think about the possibility until I think it was in like 2012. Amazing Spider-Man filmed in my hometown of Rochester, New York. And they were looking for background actors. So I, I was on a whim. I was like, you know what? Let me apply. Let's see how far it goes. And uh, lo and behold, I, I got accepted. And it was pretty cool. So... Uh, one thing about like background work, uh, since Rochester is not a major film hub, they require certain, a set amount of people to be uh, uh, paid as union, a considered union, which is why they tap partly people in order to get their union, uh, I guess you could say union vouchers. I, I, was, I was blessed enough to uh, procure six uh, while I was working in that production for two, yeah, no, two weeks. I, I've heard horror stories about people looking for uh, for vouchers for like a long time and, yeah. and never receiving them yet. But I was like, yeah, I got I got six in that one, and that one uh, one production all over the two weeks. And I was just like, you know what? All right, that that's I, I was less. The pay was good. The pay was dope, and, and the people were really cool. So that was my first my first ordeal with film. And uh, yeah, that's that's honestly how I got started into the industry. So you say, hey, I'm just going to apply. You do background work and you're damn new, and you're SAG eligible just like that. Yeah, just like that. Wow. So so mm-hmm. so take us through your career because we're going to get to the very important part because you are the co-founder of an absolutely amazing app, but I want to get to that a little later. So you, you do the background work. And then what happens after the background work? Uh, honestly, for the next five years, I didn't do anything with it. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I was actually working in the restaurant industry. I was about 25 years old at the time. Um, kind of finding my way through life, honestly. I was just searching for my purpose. And I moved to Toronto shortly after that. And I tried my hand 
doing more film work up there, applying for other background gigs and and working on set as a CA as well. And you know, it was it it was cool, but you know, money speaks, money talks in this world. And unfortunately, I wasn't getting enough film gigs to kind of uh, supplement the income that I needed to survive in a city like Toronto. So I moved back to Rochester, and then eventually from there, uh, I you know what, that's it. I met a uh, I met a girl. Uh, I moved to New York City, and I pursued a career in stunts. Yeah, so uh, I took advantage of all those vouchers that I, I procured, and I, you know, I I signed up for SAG, and then I became a stunt performer. So wait, so so wait a minute, wait a minute. So, was was that ever something that was in your wheelhouse, where you went from doing background to possibly wanting to act, and then saying to yourself, "Well, I want to do stunts." How did that happen? Honestly, it wasn't in my wheelhouse. Truth be told, uh, I had what you would call a thousand and one uses talent. I I have a uh, background in b boying, dance. Gymnastics, uh, tumbling. I used to teach uh, acro and uh, uh, tumbling for cheerleaders, and I I just like put all those skills together, and I was like, you know what? Ah, let me let me give this the stunt life a try. And I met. I was blessed enough to meet people uh, that were already established in the industry, and they gave me some good insights. So I was uh, able to pursue pursue uh, pursue a career in stunts, but like, uh, to be honest, is not something that I, I, I really considered or even thought was possible. <clears throat> so, so what have you worked on to date? Because I know uh, you've worked today, on some, 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 some stuff. Yeah. Uh, today, I worked, uh, I worked Iron Fist. I worked on a couple of the Marvel series. I did Gotham. I did what's the most recent one, FBI's Most Wanted. Uh, I did, yeah. And, uh, and a few other uh, indies. Wu-Tang? As well. Wu-Tang, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, Wu-Tang. And uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, it's, it's been interesting. I, I, I love I love the culture, I love the people, and I, I absolutely love the hustle. The fact that you have to train every single day or keep in mind that you are preparing to put, not necessarily, like, well, potentially your life on the line. And you're preparing for a job that, you have to be conscious on all different levels because you're not just responsible for yourself. You're responsible for others as well. Okay. So, so, yeah. so I, I was listening to uh, a, a podcast. Oh, this brother's name escapes me, but we've been on stage with him in some rooms and um, he was actually interviewing a, a performer and unbeknownst to me, I, I knew there were different, different performers, but, I thought that the same guy that jumped off the building was the same dude that was doing all the sick stuff, driving the cars. I didn't know that there were basically different stunt people that specialized in one particular thing. Like uh, he was saying, you have performers that they only do drifting in cars. That's their lane. And then you have the ones that, that do the fighting. I was under the impression that you guys kind of basically, you know, crossed, crossed over and did other things. So exactly what is your specialty in the stunt world? 
balling, firearms, fighting. Okay. Like I, I'm just thinking of taking a lot of pills. That's my okay. specialty. <laughs> okay. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be like your war Ryan. Can you, can you like, you know, do a, a 380 in this car right here? That's not, that's not your lane. Uh, not, no. Uh, we can train for it. Right. We can prepare for it. And eventually, if that's something that uh, anybody else or I want to do, there are resources available to us to pursue those avenues. Okay. You know, some are all about skills. Okay. And the more skills you have under your belt, uh, the more viable and more um, applicable you're going to be to production and the stunt coordinator who's mm -hmm. going to hire you. Again, uh, sometimes you only get one chance. Sometimes you get a couple. But you want to make every single chance count. Because one, production is not cheap. It's expensive. Because every single time you do a take and you have to do it over, that's going to cost you anywhere between, like, depending on the, the kind of production it is, uh, anywhere even up to, I would say, like $35,000, depending on the special effects that was set up. Wow. Just to be that, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty like, even above that. I'm 35000 is just, like, the number of, like, the price of the gag that I had to do, and which was, like, just a couple of explosions, bullets, little holes and everything. But you have to take into mind the, the footage of the camera, you know, like they're going to have to reset the lights. They're going to have to like, it, it's just time. Time is money. Okay. So, so preparation for something like that, how far in advance, let's say for instance, if you guys are doing a group scene, how far in advance are you and the other star performers getting together to actually choreograph that scene before you step foot on the set. Oh, let's, let's use Wu Tang for example. It was about in the show. It was about like a three minute to four minute gag. It, it was like a, it was like how do you say? It was a homage to uh, the old Chow Young Fat movie. You know, like uh, it was a there's a shooting scene in a church, but the elements that went into it were explosions. Uh, wires, uh, lots of uh, lots of rounds, lots of high falls, people falling off of uh, ledges, and and to put all that together, the amount of time we rehearsed was about three days for about roughly eight to ten hours a day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For, for that for, little piece. Or five minute scene. For a five minute scene. So now, where where do you go to school for that, or or is there actually an academy where where you can actually train to be a stunt person? I wouldn't say there's like full fledged academies. I mean, there's people that have established stunt schools or or uh, training, you know, that do that whole training seminars. The stunt listing is a great resource for people that uh, that are in stunts, whether to find performers or you know coordinators or or people that could potentially be perfect for the role. They hold seminars and they hold, uh, you know, educational, um, educational um, uh, sessions for, for stunt performers. But there's, there's a lot of groups like that all across the United States, all across the world, actually. But the most important thing is knowing who to talk to, build relationship building. Okay. It's like everything in film. Film, uh, filmmaking is a collaborative effort and stunt is no different. Okay. And that's that's a beautiful beautiful thing. And it kind of leads me to to my next question, uh the fact that you mentioned relationships because you're the 
the co-founder of an amazing app called Crew Me Up. So I know some people are like, well, what's that about? So explain exactly what Crew Me Up is, and then uh, how how did that actually come into existence? Because there was an interesting story behind that. So let me give you the tagline. Crew Up is a mobile app bridging the gap between crew looking for work and crew looking to hire. So we we connect productions to available crew and production resources. Honestly, the origin story started much longer uh, before uh, I came into the picture. It started with my co-founder, Josh Friedman, who was, uh, who was the second uh, DGA, second AD. Uh, he's a producer, and the idea conceptualized from him. I think it was back uh, in 2006, late 2000. That's when he started his film career. You know, he worked as a background PA. He wrote a book called Getting It Done, The Ultimate Production Assistant Guide, and which was actually a foundational book for the Made in New York program. Mm. Yeah, it's about PAs, how to, uh, you know, just, just try to hold themselves, uh, conduct themselves on set. And it was uh, definitely an invaluable resource at the time because not a lot of people were doing it. And the app and idea of Me Up came and conceptualized the need. I just was working on a set uh, on a movie he was producing called Warning Shot and had to fire his gap. He was shooting that in Texas. Uh, it, was, it was produced by him. It was uh, featuring David Spade and James Earl Jones. Fired his gaffer, didn't know who to call in Texas, so he had to fly somebody out in L.A. or uh, somebody out from uh, New York. Mm. Uh, had he been in L.A., had he been in New York, Atlanta, he would have had the resources to cover that position. But because he wasn't, you know, he had to suck it up and fly somebody out from home. And that is when the idea uh, came to fruition. So, out of a need, being able to find resources in areas that you're not really, you're not from, or you're not familiar with. I think that that was the the, the most uh, foundational idea. Yeah. Okay. So then, how how did did you end up getting involved with Crumia? How how did that happen? Oh man, uh, I got involved. So, like like I was saying before, I was training stuff. And on my journeys, I was training at this facility called Brooklyn Zoo. My friend, or a mutual friend of Josh and I, his name is uh, Geronimo Freya. And I get to talking to him about, you know, his experience as an entrepreneur, what he's got going on. And he said, I asked him, yo, how many things you got going on at the same time? He's like, oh, I got, I got, I got Brooklyn Zoo. I got, I got this going on. I also have an app called Crew Me Up that I'm a part of, that I'm an investor in. Hmm. And he was like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And at the time, I was working for uh, a startup. So uh, when I'm at that point, I was already three, three, four years uh, living in New York, and I was working as a courier. Um, I worked for a logistics, uh, multiple logistics company, companies, and I worked for this one logistics company called Gesture, which is a gift delivery app that's available nationwide now. Uh, but at the time, the all the CEO and founder was a good friend. Uh, he's a good friend of ours. His name's uh, Ben Labro. Uh, he also uh, ran an incubator and uh, what's it called? Help uh, companies build apps. So I was like, oh, okay, all right. So to connect the pieces, I got to talk with Geronimo. I was like, hey, 
oh, that's cool. You, you guys have an app? You know uh, what language is coded in? And I tried to get to uh, talking to him about tech. He was like, no, I have no idea about that, but let me introduce you to my co-founder. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and he introduced me to Josh. And from there, that's, that's pretty much history. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's all about how, uh, who you know. Yeah. Yeah. See, that, that's, that's the, the, the beauty of relationships and building relationships because of the fact that you knew Geronimo. Geronimo introduces you to Josh. You and Josh hook up and really create something amazing. Members, let's talk about that a little bit because so often one of the hindrances to a lot of independent filmmakers is finding crew, but more importantly, finding good crews. So exactly how does your, the crew me up at work and, and how does that help filmmakers? How the crew me up at work. So it's building relationships. What we did initially was the same thing everybody else did. Staff me up, mandy.com. It's building a database, but how we approached it was building relationships with community. The way that we find jobs in this industry is through Facebook groups, Craigslist ads, you know, like it just all these other offshoot, all these uh, other offshoot uh, websites. So, you know, crew me up. The way that we're different is we kind of we build relationships. Point blank, it's all about relationships. Josh has been in the industry for over ten years, even though I have not been in as long. You know, the relationships I built were invaluable, and using that as a foundation. We, uh, what's it called, build relationships with nonprofit organizations. We build relationships with, uh, you know, filmmaking groups on Facebook. And we help as many people as we can. Mm-hmm. The way Clue Me Up works is through these communities, we let people know, hey, uh, we're Clue Me Up. We're here to support. How can we serve you? And that is where we, um, we offer our services, whether it's connecting people to to each other, to crew, people they're looking for, or resources. So that's that's how we honestly uh been uh first beginning uh building our community. You know, so uh what we did is just build off of all these little communities and seeing if we can connect them to the resources that they that they need to either make their projects happen or connect with people that can help them um you know, elevate and just move forward. So if if I'm looking for someone, how would I go about doing that? Say for instance I needed someone that does sound. How would how would I how would I go about doing that using your app? So using Crew Me Up, all you have to do is go on to the home screen where if you're signed on, you're signed on as Groovy. And as soon as you uh, go in there you can browse and see who's available. You you get to see we had in our 1.0, we have our filters. You can search by filters. You can search by location. You can search by uh, job department. And you can look specifically for exactly the person you're looking for. Okay. So now everyone, because I've, I've actually checked the, the app out, it's, it's pretty involved. Everyone on the app, how do you guys, how do you guys vet people on this app? Because 
there's a, there's a lot of people on that app. So how do you guys mm -hmm. go about vetting everyone to make sure that when you when you when they do get hired that they're not somebody that's going to screw it up? Oh yeah. Um. So the way that we um uh, for now the way that we vet people uh, we allow them to uh, connect their website, upload their IMDb, and connect their PDF upload of their resume. Mm. So you could check what jobs they work, uh, who they're, who they're, um, you know, who they work for and all that. You can check their IMDB credits. That's, that's available. But as I, I actually, I don't think I've mentioned this before, uh, but the way 2.0 works, uh, which we recently uh, soft launched, and it's going to be available for everybody, nice. uh, will be, uh, you know, it'll work with connections. You know, who you're connected to. Mm. You can see, yeah. So, like LinkedIn, like um, you know, like uh, like Facebook, you can see who who this person is affiliated with. Nice. So now, is is this something that's totally free to everyone, or is there a, a paid subscription to this? Absolutely free. We do not charge anybody. So, basically, if you're a filmmaker, mm -hmm. and I take it this is nationwide. Nationwide, correct. Okay, so if you're a filmmaker and you're looking to find you, everybody that is anybody as far as a crew is concerned, the only thing that they would really need to do is is upload your app and take it from there. Yeah, uh, just build a profile. Obviously, the, the more you can fill it out, the better. You know, okay. you want to be as specific as possible. That goes for any other um, any other platform. Doesn't matter if it's ours. Doesn't matter if it's anybody else. Make sure you fill out your profile to the the most optimized possible. This is important. People got if you want people to find you, you gotta do everything you can to up your odds. Right. Mm -hmm. So you know, but let me, well, <laughs> because we're dealing with people. Have you guys run into a situation yet where? someone actually used someone from the app and had problems so now how do you guys handle that say for instance if someone hires crew and there's a falling out or it doesn't work out now mm -hmm. do you guys actually ban people from the app if if for lack of a better word if, if they act out oh no 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 that but that's not something that we do we keep it you know we're just a connector Right. For the most part, you know, and uh, the way the industry works, industry work, if that, that person is as, you know, bad as you know, one says, then word will get out eventually. True that. You know, you know how you know how this industry is. But, you know, we we, we hope that anybody that is in the industry and is out to kind of here for the right reasons, build relationships and work towards the betterment of the community is is you know, has that sense of integrity. Mm -hmm. So it's an integrity base. Okay. So you've partnered with this organization that I'm also working with, Women of Color Unite, Cheryl L. Bedford. So now, how did, how did that come about? Because exactly what are you guys doing together? Because I, I saw the billboard in, in Times Square. So exactly mm -hmm. what, are, what are you guys doing together? I was always curious about that. Honestly, we love we love Cheryl. We love Women of Color Unite. We love what it stands for, and we came up 
So to address the billboard, we came across the opportunity to uh, to have uh, put me up on a billboard. But uh, to be frank, we felt it it was not really uh, not really our place. Because that's the way filmmakers frequent. You know, like how many filmmakers you know? I mean, unless they're shooting content, are in are in Times Square. Mm-hmm. So it makes no sense for for us to 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 kind of have a billboard in that sense. But what we really wanted to do, and what Josh uh, Josh and I were thinking was that, you know what, we could we can do some good and highlight the nonprofit organizations that we're affiliated with, and bring light to them, uh, as opposed to like you know just 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 keeping the limelight on ourselves, which doesn't do us any good. So that's that's what we did. So uh, we took uh, Women of Color Unite, you know, and partnered with Crew Me Up, and. We, we put the billboard together and our, our friend did just that for us. They ran for seven days, six minutes, six times every 10 minutes. And it, it was just, it was just a beautiful thing. And the way that we work together, we support. We honestly support one another and, and Cheryl is doing, you know, God's work, doing honorable work. And we want to make sure that we do everything we can to bring awareness and attention to that. Yeah, that's a beautiful organization. And I have the uh, honor and the privilege of being a mentor to some dynamic and outstanding young women. I'm actually going to see a couple of them next week because I'm flying out to L.A. Uh, for a film festival. So I'll I'll get to actually see the entire crew for the first time. I am extremely excited about that. Hey, everybody, it's Floyd Marshall, host of A Conversation With. Have you ever listened to a podcast and said to yourself, I'd like to ask him a question? Well, you can just message me with a question or a comment, and I'll make sure to respond to it in the very next episode. To your success. Visit anchor.com to send Floyd a question. But that brings me to my next thing that uh, we're working on right now, which is, I guess, for lack of a better word, the baby of Women of Color Unite, if I could, if I could say that, Men of Color Unite. And it, it, it's just an honor, first of all, to have been considered. It, it was it was a kind of a shock when I got that text from you. And I was like, who, me? Okay. But... It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's what I when, I when you sent that. I was like, wow. And you said it was a no-brainer. I'm like, well, okay, well, if he thinks so, then I'm going to go. I'm going to rock with it. I'm not going to disagree with uh, Vorvang. He's pretty smart. But let's let's talk about Men of Color Unite and, and, and what the mission of Men of Color Unite is. The mission of men of color unite. I know we're still um, we're still kind of new, so you might you, you just you just kind of got that all together. So if you don't get it one hundred percent right, it's, it's it's good. Of course, of course. So men of color unite. Let's see, let me see. It's a social action organization focusing on fair access, fair treatment, and fair pay for men of color in the film and entertainment industry. That's that's pretty much all. Of yeah. <laughs> I did all right. You did okay. You did okay. You know, 
ladies and gentlemen, this is still very new. So we're learning. We're still learning, you know, how we're going to talk about this. But ex explain the importance of that, which mm -hmm. you just talked about, the fact that it's, it's an organization that is geared toward equal access for men of color in this industry. Mm -hmm. Well, we know that in this industry, there's a huge disparity between, um, let's see, the, 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 uh, the people that are provided opportunities, the people that get hired, discrepancies between pay, there's, there's levels to this. And it's a complex, it's a complex, I mean, it shouldn't be, like uh, something as, as, how do you say, something that should be so common, mm -hmm. so normal. Yeah, so normal. You know, it, it's, it's like, like, why are we fighting for this again? Why do we have to speak about this? It's because this is the reality. And the reality is a lot of people that are in the positions that they are right now, nepotism, there's a lot of colorism, and there are a lot of people being passed up for opportunities just because of either where they're from, the color of their skin, and that is something that is the reality to a lot of people in this country, you know, and the way, the things that we want to address, you know, like there's questions and there's things that are said in this industry, like, oh, we can never uh, find enough uh, diverse crew in this industry. But then even if they find those, those diverse crew, what happens when they're not qualified to take those positions, you know what I mean? And then that becomes a question of the access, accessibility of educational resources. That's, and that's something that we want to address. That's something that we want to make sure we advocate and we fight for. And we're able to provide. Yeah, so let's, let, you know what, let's go back to what it is that you do on both fronts with the stunt work and with crew me up because I, you know I've watched a lot of films Asian based films and you see a lot of stunt work but is there really a large contingent of Asian stunt performers within now I'm not talking about in Hollywood, is there is there a large contingent of Asian stunt performers in Hollywood or normally when I'll just use a movie like a Crouching Tiger, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I'm sure there, there have been movies after that, but I loved it so much. I'll just use that one. Where, if you know this, where did they have to go in order to get stunt performers to actually fill those roles did they have to go outside of hollywood in order to do that well the thing is uh crouching tiger uh hidden dragon and and in those films there that was shot in china so you know like the chinese had their own like, community of performers you know especially uh hong kong hong kong performers are world renowned and you know like like anywhere else they work in they work in clicks mm -hmm. they work in teams 
And I, I think as long as the like anywhere else, as long as the producers are connected, they get connected to the people that can um, do the job for it. Uh, Hollywood, I know back in the day when I was um, watching watching all these uh, old act, older action movies, you know, there there there's not uh, too much of uh, a big Asian presence, but uh, L.A. was the hub for anything like, you know, like martial arts or action uh, action oriented, you know, and, and I think. There's a huge community of uh, stunt performers over there, especially Asian stunt performers, hmm. uh, that that are, are more than equipped to, to to make these action sequences really come to life. Is there a big demand for Asian, you know, stunt performers? Actually, it's not even a demand. You know, I, I think the demand could be there, but the uh, how you say the general consensus or Rather, the the most important, like, like point blank, Hollywood is not shooting movies that Asian stunt performers can work on. Right. You know, like there's there's not like, yeah, like, like there's jobs where like you know, oh, okay, we can we can throw in this Asian guy over here, but there's not a lot of you know productions that 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 show Asian or highlight uh, Asian stunt performers. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you get like a number like Shang Chi or like uh, what's it called, everything everywhere all at once, they had like great stunt performers on there, or or even like any of the Marvel series, which highlighted like you know like as like a huge gang fight scene or something like that. That's that's usually where we can shine or any sort of like those the action thrillers, but those those movies and productions are actually far and few. Hmm. And you know what? That is why I'm really excited about the work that we're about to embark on. Because there is such a wide array. The area, it's just, it's like a new vista. Because it's so wide open. And it's like you have all of these different diverse groups of people. And for so long, you know, it's like what Sher would say, the powers that be. Well, I don't know of any fill in the blank. So she created Women of Color Unite. And now we have Men of Color Unite, because what we're saying is. We're going to take that excuse away from you. That if you're saying, well, I don't know where I can find me an Asian stunt performer or I don't know where I can find me an African-American cinematographer, female, male, doesn't matter. And our thing is, okay, well, if you don't know, we have this nice list of people beautifully put together in one place where you can go down the list and pick. And one of the things that I love about it, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about that. I want to go back for for a little bit to the start. And everything that you had to do in order to get here, because you've worked some interesting jobs. But before I get to that, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say what I just said that I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about it right now because we're still kind of new in the process of getting everything together for Men of Color Unite. 
So uh, what I would not talk about, we will definitely be talking about it because uh, in the future, we're going to have a couple of members of, of Men of Color Unite on the podcast. We're going to do a big, big thing. And we're going to have about five or six or seven or how many people I can get on here. And then we'll be able to uh, talk about it a little bit more. But I just I just don't want to kind of give you guys like half sentences and and half things. And I, I don't want to be cryptic. Uh, so that's the only reason that I said I, I didn't want to talk about it. But back to where you've traveled from in order to be in this space right now. Because again, I was listening to another um, interview that you did with with some of the interesting jobs that you've had. And I, and I just want you to tell people a little bit about that, the, the journey that, that led you where you are right now to this point. Oh man, my background has always been, you know, like from when I was uh, old enough to work, I worked everything from manufacturing jobs to restaurant jobs. I was in the restaurant industry for 12 years. I worked my way up from a dishwasher to busboy to waiter to front of the house manager at, at, at uh, restaurants going up. And then I moved to New York and unfortunately, you had to have New York City experience in order to uh, be hired <laughs> to work in a restaurant. I was like, I have New York experience. I've got New York City experience. Does that count? Okay, uh, really quickly. What the hell is that? I guess dealing with like high, like high table, like turnover rate, mass uh, volumes of customers. They want you to work fast. You know, New York City is the beast and the monster of the city of its own. And uh, people want to know that you have the experience and the know-how to handle that sort of traffic. Okay. Which I understand. You know, so uh, I, I tried to uh, apply for jobs like that, but I couldn't, I wasn't able to do that. And uh, one of the first jobs I actually got moving to New York was cleaning quarter potties. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's not not my proudest moment, but best believe uh, I I came out of that appreciating any other job I took afterwards. So I I cleaned porta potties. Uh, I I taught after school programs for uh, kids like uh, for martial arts. I taught tumbling. I taught gymnastics uh, classes, and then I did uh, career bike messenger. So I was a I was a, a bike messenger here in New York for a few years, and um, that was a whole skill set on itself. And let me tell everybody on here: you have not seen New York until you've explored it on a bike. Hmm. It's like uh, if I, I if I can compare it to anything, I would say it's like surfing. Hmm. You know, like the way the city moves, the way the people move. You have to understand, and you have to have such a strong foundation. There. And amount of trust in yourself that you know, like that 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 that's only one piece of the puzzle. You know, how can you go out there, put yourself in danger, understandably so, let alone for a dollar? You know, like people won't even get on bikes just for fun. But when you have to do this for money, you have to have uh, something quick. You know, and and the more skills and the more understanding you have when it comes to doing your job. As a courier, it really paid to understand um, how the city moves. Like in New York, I can tell you that streets, streets on even numbers 
run west to east, whereas, uh, you know, streets on odd numbers run, run east to west. Uh, avenues, you know, e like the even avenues, they, they would run, what's it called, south to north, where odd avenues run north to south. Mm. You know, Broadway goes south up until uh, 60th Street. Then you got like north to, north to south traffic. And it's, it's little things like that. You learn where the uh, freight elevator entrances are, the messaging entrances, uh, entrances are, and, and and little nuances like that. Because at the end of the day, like any job, time is money. And the faster you can deliver a package, the faster you can move on to the next, and the more packages you can deliver. And and that's you know that was actually that's probably the most uh, eye opening, and most probably the most dangerous. And a uh, fun job that I ever had. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So how long did you do that? I did it for like uh, four years. Okay. Four years. At the same time, I was doing stunts. And at the same time, I was uh, starting to me up. Actually. Okay. So, yeah. so, you know, what? how did that, all of those jobs, prepare you for where you are right now? Let's see. Is there a party going on back there? Boy, you oh, I mean, no. Uh, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a hotel lobby. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, man. Yeah. You know, I, I, I need a ticket to that one. No, I need a ticket to that place. Like, hey, what's... man, you're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. How did all this prepare me for uh, for what? For cool me up for for like. My for, for, for your actual life in the business, because I remember some of the jobs that I've had and even the job that I work now. And it has really taught me quite a bit with my film endeavors. So how did all of those different jobs prepare you for for what you're doing now? Um, the fact that you're on a you're you're a, a bike messenger for four years, but it's a little deeper than that. You have to be quick. You have to be decisive. You have to make a decision now because if you hesitate, that could be the uh, what am I looking for? What am what I'm looking for? That could be the difference between you delivering one packages or two. So, how did you transfer all of that to your your film career? Versatility, you know, and being able to uh, adapt to any quick and shift in, in operation, you know, you know, for better or for worse, I am, I have always been not necessarily like, I don't think the word is impulsive, but I have always been a reactive person. You know, I have always been quick on my feet, which, which, you know, which is a blessing and a curse in itself. I've always been focused on solving a problem as it comes on, as opposed to being uh, preventative, which comes with its own, you know, which comes with its own uh, ups and downs and, and benefits, the pros and cons. How it prepared me, I would say, being able to face challenges head on and and think on a more broader scale you know i 
the way if I can apply the things that I learned uh, being a bike messenger, uh, it applies very well in the startup space. You know, if I want to do my job, due diligence is important. Research, knowing what you're getting into, how to develop uh, certain things, you know, like everything down from like social media marketing strategies to, you know, marketing strategies, talk to legal, uh, business, business formation, um, all these kinds of things are things that I've not been privy to before, but I had to learn in order to, to thrive and, and survive, you know, in order to get to the next level. And I, I think that's one thing uh, all these other jobs taught me. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily what you do, but how you do it and how you process it. You know, you got to make sure that you do everything you can and you prepare as much as you can in order to not say, not and, and not just settle for what exactly it is you have in front of you. You know, it, it, it's like, it's like what we talk about all the time on Clubhouse. If, if you get an opportunity and, and you're not prepared for it, the most you can make out of that opportunity is like, what like you benefit only like, if we could set an amount to it, 10%. You can only take advantage of 10% of that opportunity, which if you're more knowledgeable, if you were more disciplined, or if you were more prepared, you could 100% take advantage of that opportunity and you could thrive. And, and, and that's a that's a real big deal. That's that, that, that's one that's one takeaway I take I take from uh, and I'm learning this every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, every single day is a learning process. There are a lot of things I don't know. Honestly, between you, me, and everybody here, I didn't own a laptop until I started Kumi up. <laughs> yeah, I I never owned a laptop of my own. You know, I've I've always been able to type. I I can do like you know just like basic basic stuff um but i, I have not owned a laptop until it started me up and that was another for uh establishing uh, or like you know setting up uh setting up a freaking uh corporation or like you know that's that's a learning curve and i, I just yeah <laughs> trust me it's been a world oh yeah um I'm, you know what well i've had a computer a little bit longer than that but uh I'm, I'm still learning there there's just certain things and it's so funny because i have two daughters and sometimes when i would get stuck i would go to my kids and uh, i would say hey uh well how do you do this i'm like oh good grief dad and they take the computer in two seconds later bip, 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 and it's done so I, I i i get it so so what's next for you and your partner josh with with crew me up because what what is what was the uh the name of the um the app that you guys are going to add in addition to crew me up the soft lunch that's coming what was the name of that again oh no um uh, i think it's just uh, right now it's just crew me up 2.0 so we we have crew me up 1.0 and that's you know that that was like the first edition that we did when we uh, got together uh, josh okay. and i yeah we 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 launched in uh, march of 2020 we knew what happened then to 5,000 users and uh, crew me up 2.0. We're approaching it in a different light. Okay. It's more community based and we're highlighting uh, functionalities like uh, groups, a new uh, hiring management system. Okay. Yeah. 
you know, just uh, a place where uh, vendors can also highlight themselves as well. Okay. And make themselves known. Okay. So what's next so, on the horizon? What's next? Oh, man. We, we, we have uh, a lot of things. A lot of things on the horizon. New partnerships, looking to work more closely with uh, our friends uh, in, in various nonprofit organizations, uh, organizations, uh, education, and, and making sure making sure we support the community as best as we can. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that everybody that is in this industry is equipped to, to thrive, not just stay afloat, not just to get by, but to thrive. Yeah. I mean, times are only getting tougher, and, and the only thing that we can do is look out for each other. That's the best thing we can do, not the only thing we can do. Absolutely, because uh, as you said, things are getting tougher, and things are really heating up for for people of color in this industry. And the only way that we're actually going to thrive and and you know make inroads is if we actually band together. But um, I know you're probably about. Are are you doing the mixer tonight? Okay. Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. I'm literally ready across the street from there. <laughs> Oh wow, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I would have loved to have uh, come up and been a part of that, but um, unfortunately, I could not. But I'm definitely going to have to get to New York, man. Every time it's amazing when when you came to Philadelphia, I was supposed to come to the to the mixer and and ended up uh, leaving my bag with my clothes at home. And when I got to work, I said I left my damn clothes home. And where I live, by the time I had would have driven home. Did all of that and shower, it would have been it would have been over with. So I said, well, you know what? I, I'll catch him on the next go round. And also before we go, we had talked last year, you you, myself, and uh Eli and Lou, the two young ladies, the twins. That has not gone away, but they have been so ridiculously busy that their star is really rising. So I'm I'm at the point now where even though we're going into business together, I have to make an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> to see these young ladies, but Borvang, it was an absolute pleasure having you here, my brother. We're going to definitely have to do this again, and I would love for you to have. Uh, we're going to have to have Josh on the next time, so we can really, really, really do a deep dive uh, into you know the Crew Me Up app. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Crew Me Up app, but I really wanted to talk about you. But before we go. Your last name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a story with yeah. your last name. So I would like for you to share with the audience exactly what that last name carries with it. So um, my last name, Nachampatak, uh, is actually from a region in Laos called Nachampatak. Uh, we were, uh, my, I think he was, he was uh, my great uncle. He was the he was the last last prince of Laos, and he was there. So he was a, well, we were the uh, last of the royal family. Wow! Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, you actually are listening to the descendants of a royal family. See, I have the best guests. <laughs> On my podcast, I'm telling you, man, y'all need to listen to subscribe. I, I, you know, I have royalty on my podcast. 
you know, I have heads of corporations. You know, you know, people sleeping on me, but that's okay. But that's okay. But yeah, my brother, it it has been an absolute pleasure. And um, again, Clubhouse has been such a blessing because it has uh, brought me into the presence of people such as yourself, and you know, all of those awesome and phenomenal people that uh i'll be seeing next week so any any parting words any advice for any filmmaker out there in this space looking to do it go for it honestly just go for it you are not limited by the words of of those around you you know and if you're surrounded by people or naysayers just change change your environment you know change your circle and surround yourself with people that want to see you grow, that want to see you thrive, and and don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, the co-founder tells me all the time, it's okay to make mistakes, it's not okay to make the same one. And that that's something that uh, I'm trying to uh, take to heart. Yeah. Beautifully so. said, and words to live by. And ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you so much for joining me tonight on a conversation with with the Royal Mr. <laughs> with with Royal Mr. Vorvang. Uh it has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, before we go, where can people find you and where can people get the app for Crumia? Hey, uh, just visit our website, www.crumiaup.com. Uh both Android and Apple links are on there. And you can uh, hit us up on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Yeah, all the social feeds. At so Crumia. connect with us. And, yes, at Crumia. C-R-E-W and E-U-P. Let us know how we can help. Let us know how we can support. We're here to serve. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're a filmmaker anywhere in this space, please take advantage of that resource. It is a free resource. You can't get better than free 99. It's a free resource. And if you're looking to really have your product, as I like to call films, because it is a product, If you want the best product, then go to somewhere where you can actually get the best people within your budget range, which is which is even which is which is even more phenomenal. But again, Varvang, my brother, thank you so much. Tell everyone that I said hello. Can't wait to hook up, bro. We're going to definitely have to I'm going to have to take a trip up in New York so me, you and Craig can sit down and and and, and toss some back. But uh, you enjoy the rest of your night and. We'll be talking because we definitely we definitely have to talk about you know some some things. Absolutely. But, all right, brother. You have okay, a phenomenal brother. night. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.